Hey everybody, it is For The Record episode number 100. Um, it's super awesome to say that. I cannot believe it. Um, I So I recorded, I've done this before and I've said this a lot, I recorded an intro to this that went way too fucking long and it was me being, being very sappy and emotional about um, just how I've done this for 100 episodes and how I've gotten... Uh, I've gotten this far with it, and I, I got a little bit deeper than I usually do in, in the introductions to this. I wanted to make this a little bit quicker, um, and just post this so we can get into the episode. Um, and I've tagged on what the intro was going to be at the end of this, um, so that you can hear it if you decide to stick around and check that out. But, um, I guess first and foremost, thank you to everyone who's been listening, to everyone I've met along the way. Uh, to friends, uh, family members, to the bands, to the comedians, writers, actors, actresses, producers. I could uh, fucking go on for days with this. Um, Just thank you guys so much. Um, I really, really appreciate it, and I'm stoked. I hope to keep this going forever. I really, really do. It's my favorite format. Um, I started this many years ago. Um, Okay, what? fuck i didn't start this many years ago i started this two years ago um you know i'm not gonna put in that intro i'm just gonna say it a lot at at the end i'm gonna say it a lot quicker here i started this two years ago because i really admired shows like nerdist and um wtf with mark Marin and that interview format and i was really sick of hearing the same bullshit questions that would be asked by uh music blogs or even some bigger publications where it was like Instead of asking about the record they just did, it was always about uh, if you could be an animal, what would you be? And if you were, um, if you could be uh, like uh, a car, what would you be? Or like whatever, like silly crap like that. And then I started doing interviews where I started asking musicians actually about their music, and I saw that people started to really resonate and appreciate with appreciate it. Um, and I decided to stick with that. The first hundred episodes of this show were extremely, I want to say experimental, and that was unintentional. I experimented with different formats. I tried scripted, non-scripted. I tried a bunch of different ways in which to record it. Um, it's, I, I, I like the fact that I did that and that I can just say, okay, hundred episodes done under the belt. Let's move on because I want to get this to a much more structured format. Um, but without rambling too much, I, I just wanted to say thank you again. This has been amazing, and I can't wait to see where this show goes in the future with all the people that I've been able and so grateful to talk to and some to even call friends. Um, so thank you guys so much. Um, this episode was sponsored, as always, by our lovely uh, sponsors at Audible.com. Audible.com is your premier source for all your audiobook needs. Over 180,000 titles of nearly every genre to choose from. I've been reading so much lately, and the audiobook only enhances that experience even more. I'm not just saying that to be a kiss-ass. I really do mean it. Um, I've uh, quite often talked about how I read um, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, um, and... It was, I read, I'm weird in that I like to read with the book and hear the audio of it uh, because reading is, I guess, very meditative to me and I can just kind of tune out and relax and do that. Um, but it's so different actually hearing that person's voice. Not every book, um, like a biography or 
uh, a fiction story has the author's voice, but they'll get a, a really good narrator to do it. But um, I cannot highly recommend Audible enough. Um, to sign up for a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial to try out the system for yourself, visit audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Once again, audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. And I also noticed something that I never said. If you notice that the, uh, the slash in the Audible trial, um, in the Audible trial website name is shameless promo, this podcast is run on a site that I run called Shameless Promotions and Media, which you can find at shamelesspromo.net. I think in 100 episodes, I haven't fucking said the website. So, yeah, there you go. That's another pretty big thing that I work on with a substantial amount of time. Uh, there's the website for you. Anyway, this episode could not have been more serendipitous. Um, I've often talked a lot how a ba- how one of my favorite bands of all time is a band called My Chemical Romance. And I did not plan the episode this way. I did not plan it to happen this way. Um, But it ended up being our 100th episode. And I couldn't be more grateful for that. Uh, This was with Frank Iero, who um, is a uh, solo, like, I call him, like, alternative slash punk rock. Like, he's got a lot of different, um, it's, it's a nice melting pot of rock genres within his music. Um, he's currently playing with his band right now, Frank Iero and the Patients. A lot of people know him from his um, former band, My Chemical Romance. He was the rhythm guitarist for the entire duration of the band. Um, and he has he had other projects like Leathermouth, which I'm actually looking right now at a Leathermouth sticker that's sitting on my guitar case as I record this. Um, he was in another band called Death Spells. He's, he's done a lot musically. And we talked a lot about um, his current project, uh, Frank Iero and the Patients, which is... Uh, where he's currently promoting his second solo record, Parachutes, available now. Um, and it was a great chat. Frank was so generous with his time. He gave us 30 minutes before the show. Um, he, uh, It was cool because he was on the show two years ago when he was headlining Slims in San Francisco, um, promoting his first solo record, Stomach Aches. And then he was in Concord. He was fucking opening up for the Deftones, Rise Against, and Thrice. And he... It was so cool to see him playing in front of a crowd that big on his own, like as a singer. And I have to say that he could have easily headlined the shit out of that room, like easily. Um, And I really hope to see him get there one day. I'm pretty confident he will. Um, Anyway, thank you guys again for 100 episodes. Here's to many, many more. And here's episode number 100 of For the Record podcast with Frank Iero. Enjoy.
unless we're making music, unless we're doing something musical. Um, but yeah, no, so sorry for being late and for no, running late no, on this. Not. Yeah, I left. I left an hour early to get to this, and it took because I came from Oakland, so it should take like theoretically thirty minutes, gotcha. and then. No. <laughs> That's how it works, though. You know? The Bay Area feels worse than L.A. sometimes, though. <laughs> which is like, I have people who come, from, like, who make the move to L.A. and then they come uh-huh. back here and they're like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's why I never really enjoyed living down there. It was just that I was like, oh, you know, I have to go to CVS at some point and, you know, like get a prescription fill. I was like, oh, well, that's a day. That's your I'd whole day. Yeah. entire day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also you have to pay like $20 on parking. <laughs> <laughs> I like, hope he didn't want to sleep. No, and I yeah, hope he yeah. wanted to be $20 less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to go to fucking Target. And they're like, oh, well, make sure you have money for the valet. <laughs> like, really? I have to valet my car at Target? <laughs> Fuck that. It's ridiculous. Seriously. Um, do you, you still reside in New Jersey and you I still do. live there? I Man. Do, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Um, do you record in New Jersey or do you make uh-huh. the. Where do you like? Where do you usually. Like, where did you record parachutes, for example? Parachutes I, I did out in Venice. Okay, and okay, cool. Was, yeah, that was because uh, Ross at the time uh, was recording. Uh, he had a, a basement studio that he was recording oh, for sure. out of. But um, Stomachaches I did in Jersey. Um, I did the drums at North End. Okay. Um, and then the rest of it basically in my my house nice yeah and i uh, did like a couple of pickup vocal tracks at uh at backroom but uh, other than that yeah it was all kind of <laughs> by my yeah my makeshift hand uh but yeah i don't know yeah it's it's one of those things where i feel like uh that the record will kind of tell you what it needs and you kind of then you have to kind of figure it out it's like yeah it's, it's a lot like having a kid where it's like all right well you know not no two kids are the same yeah you know and one you know, one kid's like oh no i need to be homeschooled and you're like all right cool it's gonna let's fucking do it and one cool <laughs> one kid's like no i i need to go to fucking military academy and you're like okay and we, gotta, we gotta do that too well, what's yeah. interesting is that i noticed that on the kind of going off of that with the songs on parachutes versus on stomach aches i can i could completely tell like i could tell it was from you and i could tell it was from you as an artist but at the same time i could definitely hear the differences in like in how time has passed and how things have gone on but i feel like the songs on this were almost i don't want to say heavier but they were just i feel like they were like crazier and just like amped up like yeah what would you, I, I guess what would you what would you attribute that to um you know i think there's a lot of things right i feel like um one is just the time and the place you know what was coming at me at that at that moment uh also though too it it, it wasn't me in my basement with like a drum machine you know writing the songs yeah so i i was you know in, in a practice space with with Evan, uh, my brother, playing guitar, and and Matt on drums, like playing live every day, like for months, like being like, all right, well, I got this idea like this, and then going home listening to like recordings and be like, all right, we got to change all this, 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 yeah, this. you know. So, you you have real life musicians playing in the room together, and that's always gonna feel uh, a little bit more visceral. I feel like. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean that's a completely different experience. Totally, than, totally. Yeah. yeah, I remember. So you said when you did stomach aches, that was that was totally just you, right? Yeah, um, I, I didn't really think I was writing a record, you know. So I kind of yeah. just was had these songs, and and I, you know, had a, a couple of drum machine or samples and stuff like that, and that's I, I kind of patchworked everything together, and then I took those tracks and sent them to my friend Jared. He flew in and, and did some live drum tracks, and, and then I kind of pieced it together from there. But yeah, it's, it was 
just me, you know, <laughs> figuring is tinkering basically yeah. on a laptop. You was know? it super weird bringing in extra, like more people and bringing in that live element with writing or did it feel better? Um, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where it feels better to have that, that, that living, breathing entity, you know, with playing with another person. I, I love doing that. Yeah. Um, but there isn't this be said about this process of just sitting in a room all by yourself, thinking that you're crazy, making <laughs> stuff that you're like, I think this is good. I think I like it. You know, um, I, I think it, I will say this. I, I feel like the way the progression happened and the way everything happened, you know, just starting out with just me in a room and then me kind of, you know, uh, conducting other musicians was a good progression for me. Um, it allowed me to kind of grow and gain confidence along the way to do this stuff. I think if I was just kind of thrown in to a live band setting in with Ross Robinson and Steve Evitz, I probably would have lost my fucking mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. Like, uh, that, that was good. But again, like, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know why I was doing it when I made stomach aches. I just knew I had to. And then parachutes came along and it was like, oh, I know why I'm doing this because I have a record deal in place. I have like, this is going to come out. People are going, are, are waiting to hear this. They know something's coming that made a lot of sense. Like, yeah. The first time like around was just this, this weird quest with like no, or no rhyme or reason yeah. to it. Like, you know, why are you doing this? I don't know. And I, I know I just have to. And is anyone going to hear it? Probably not. You know? It it's just, it's like the growing pains essentially. Kind of. It was like Lord of the Rings without the ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, why are you going to Mordor? I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> just because it's hard, basically. Exactly. Because no one else is doing it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, in terms of, I guess, I don't know the word for this when thinking about the subject material that's talked about mm -hmm. on um, on parachutes, but I, I feel like it's almost like while the music is more amped up, I feel like, and I could be very wrong about this, that the subject material feels a little bit almost darker and a little bit um, like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. And I mm -hmm. keep, it's, it's like, you know, when you have that word that's like right there in yes, your mind, yes. but you cannot get it no matter how many times you write it down or think about it. Uh -huh. It's kind of like that. But I, I mean, what was, I guess in terms of drawing from subject matter on this, was it, was the experience, was it darker? Was it more upbeat? What I guess, what was it for you in terms of putting parachutes together? Well, I, I find it to be extremely upbeat. I would say it's definitely the most positive uh, record I've ever cool. made. Cool. Okay, good. <laughs> and and uh, well, the reason behind that, though, is I, I feel like um, on the surface, it, it, it may appear to be uh, dark and dismal. And I, I think that's kind of uh, the point. Uh, the The... The, the theme behind this record, or, or at least like the, 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 you know, that running um, uh, mindset, is that sometimes things happen for you instead of to you. They may seem like the worst possible uh, occurrence or experience, but it happens for a reason, and, and these things that, 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 that occur that seem to knock us down are just there to teach us how to get back up again. Yeah. And, and, uh, and at the end of the day, if you can say, you know, I'm happy with my life, I'm happy with where I am and what I do now and, and, and the person that I've become, all of that is because of these terrible things or even the good stuff too, but all of it, yeah. you know? So sometimes the worst thing is the best thing and it, it kind of teaches us how to have an armor or how to deal with certain things and, and you wouldn't be the person that you are today without all of it. Yeah. So that is, uh, 
that's really what what the record's all about. Um, the the idea of of you know parachutes being basically, I thought about life and how we're kind of. It's a lot like when you're born, it's like being pushed out of a plane. Like you didn't ask to be here, you know, but yeah. <laughs> as soon as you open your eyes and, and you take that first breath, the countdown starts to where you hit the ground. Yeah. And it's, that's just inevitable. Maybe that's a fucked up way of thinking, but I think no, it's, it's a it real way. No, it makes sense. Think, you know? Yeah. And uh, well, some people, that fall is over in, in a split second. And, yeah. You know, it's like before it even began. And some people, we're lucky. We, we get to, to meet some people, other people along the way that show us love and, and find things that bring us joy. And those are our parachutes. They allow us to kind of hover and, and enjoy this, this crazy experience that we call life. Definitely. You know, so that, that's the thing is, is finding something, I guess, really ugly and terrible and scary and finding the greatest, wonderful, <laughs> most precious thing about yeah. it. You know what I mean? These things, these nightmares that we have, these, these fears are actual uh, diamonds in the rough. And if uh, we just have to kind of tilt our head and look at that like a little different yeah it's like not letting you're not letting the negative things define you but they're helping shape you into who you are in that sense you're taking a positive experiences no matter and i think it's interesting because i think for a long time i thought shit yeah (laughs) exactly yeah sorry go ahead no no no. it's perfectly said um the best um i think it's like for a long time i thought that it was like, okay, well, these negative things happen. You, it's just going to stay that way, and I can't learn anything from it. And then slowly over time, you kind of realize, no, it's not about that. You have to take small steps, but it can, right. you can overcome it no matter Absolutely. what it is. And if you, if you allow yourself, like, the sky will seem like it's falling at all times. Because like, when, when, <laughs> when bad things happen, they happen in a, a tidal wave. But, uh, you know, it's true. Like, all those cliche things that people say, they're cliche for a reason. People say them because they're so fucking true. And it just takes time for you to, to realize that and, and, and appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about getting old. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's super intense. Um, well, no, like I I think I think that uh, the statement you just said, it can seem like the sky is falling at any time. That's, yeah, pretty much every day. Sure. <laughs> sure. You but can that's fi- life. Yeah. You know what I mean? The alternative is there's no sky. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? Then you're getting so, super existential at that yeah, point. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, that's, there is no, like, other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was there any... I guess, was there any track that maybe was super challenging for you in that sense? And I, cause I'm very interested in process and the way that mm-hmm. people, whether they're starting with, um, whether it's the way they start a song, whether it's the way they overcome a challenge when they're writing something, was there any track on that in particular or set of tracks that um, you maybe you got writer's block or you got stuck or couldn't right. find a way to get around? Was there anything like um, that and how did you overcome that? Well, for, for me... Uh, when, when making a record, uh, it, it doesn't become a record until I know how it starts and how it ends. I need to have the bookends of it before I can make any sense of the middle. Uh, I could be writing for months and months and months, but it doesn't turn into a real boy until yeah. those two tracks happen. Um, I don't know why, that's just me. So for uh, for this record, I, I was writing and writing and, and I didn't have a track one I knew that I wanted to write a song for my grandfather especially because of what uh, this record meant and, and the songs that were coming out yeah uh, and I knew that also too I mean that was the the most impactful probably moment of my life existence and it happened in between these two records so I knew it had to come out yeah. at some point this you know tribute to him and 
I knew that also at the same time there was no way that you could have that song and then fin like have something come after it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that exactly. Was, that was the final statement. So yeah. I knew even if I didn't write that song, I knew that was the end of it. It was a beautiful closing track, Thank by the you. way. I yeah, it was a great that. way to close yeah. it out. Um and so I didn't have it yet, but I knew it was there and I kept putting it off because it was basically the hardest song I ever had to write. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So um but I knew it was there. <laughs> um, it was just kind of one of those like... Just those, every day, just like, yeah, inching closer and closer. Just, yeah, it's like this tumor that you know you have, you just oh, can't dig it out yet. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm just going to leave that one for a little while. Uh, so I let that stew. Uh, and then one day, I, I woke up and, um, and had the, the riff for, uh, for World Destroyer in my head. And I was like, oh, that's, that's the beginning. That's, that's how we start. And then, um, so I, I ran downstairs real quick, phone, hit the memo thing, and start playing that. And uh, worked that out. And that one took a while to like, kind of, because at first I was I didn't know if it was gonna be a full song or if it was just gonna be like this like maybe thirty second to forty five second like piece. Um, but once I came up with the first line, I knew that uh, that's how I wanted the sentiment to start. Yeah. And um, and then I, from there, it maybe took me about eh, a couple of weeks to like kind of. Finish that song, and then I went back and reimagined everything. Yeah, because like when when you know how you, like it's like starting a conversation when you know like that you see that girl across the room and you know like the first thing you're gonna say to her like you reevaluate everything else that comes after it. I know? actually have never had that moment no, where I knew the yeah. first thing I wanted to say <laughs> yeah, to her. Well, you're like, right, here's the thing. Again, with the cliches, like uh, there will be a moment where you see another person, and you know that that person is made specifically for you and that you of course each other completely of course right? um and so the rest of your life after that moment you reevaluate and go back over and be like okay, oh well, everything yeah. changes that's where <laughs> it goes right so that's and you're like oh wow like everything was leading up to this moment meeting this person and again track one and then <laughs> my life now begins here and then how do we go from there together okay and that's that's basically my thinking on a record that's fair. Um, in terms of the sound, and it's like, it feels like a mix between, I, I hear a number of influences. I hear alternative rock. I hear um, I hear a lot of hints of punk and like that early sound of what punk rock was, at least to me when I was starting to discover it. I guess what kind of, I know it differs from album to album for artists um, and what people are working on. Who were, what were you, I guess, maybe pulling from um, in terms of influences or things that, or even moments or eras that you were really interested right. in in terms of music? Um, hmm, good question. I think for me, I, uh, I tend to, to try to, you know, garner inspiration from just things that are happening around me. Yeah, and uh, and then channel them through, and then I have you know, there, there's certain eyes that I see the world in, you know, through, uh, and that's that stems from uh, a lot of, you know, old blues through my dad, and um, uh, classic rock again from him, and and then you know, punk rock and '80s hardcore and stuff like that I learned about on my own. Um, I really enjoy uh, simplistic, almost. Um, uh, hypnotic repetition of things sometimes. And I think that's why y you have uh, a song like World Destroyer where it, it continuously it goes back to this main uh, melodic theme and mm -hmm. expands upon that. Um, I like that there's a, a melodic uh, line that ha occurs in uh, I'll Let You Down and then 
that's a foreshadowing for the chorus that happens in uh, the last song that about for my grandfather, uh, September. So I, I, I like doing these call and response things. I think that's a nod to say like you know my enjoyment of like uh, rock opera orchestral pieces, things that you know, I've, yeah. I've done in my kind of things like you know yeah. the Beatles did and uh, you know Queen and stuff like that. Um, there's a uh, shit. There's uh, nods to I'm trying to think. Uh, there's nods to Johnny Cash and there's nods to uh, many artists that kind of shaped me over the years. Yeah, you know, like a song like uh, "Miss You" is, or "Miss Me" is uh, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, work for the county. It's 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 Johnny Cash rip. I yeah, mean, it's a song that I've I've wanted to do ever since I was. A little kid. You know I mean? it, de- it definitely said yeah, it. And I, I didn't think I could ever pull off. Yeah. The only person that told me I, I could do it and they would be mad at me if I didn't was Derek from uh, Homeless Gospel Choir. He's the one that really pushed okay. me to like, really go for that song and not. Because I was like, oh, well, you know, I could take that and like maybe I'll, you know, do something. I could make it easy, you know? And yeah. Like, Fuck you. Don't do that. <laughs> you know? Like if you're going to do it, do it, man. And, 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 and you know, I, I was very lucky that I had like, you know, somebody like Ross and, and Steve that. We're just like, oh, we'll chase this, you know. Even though we didn't have the time to chase it, we chased it. I, as as someone who's sort of an audio nerd, I listened to the album on these headphones, oh, and nice. I heard it was in stereo. So the okay. vocals are on this side, yes. and the music, and it was very Beatles, and like uh-huh. it took me to that kind of era, and I was like, fuck, this is yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the point, you know, and and that was that, that's a that's that's a bit of a risk to like take a a full record that's that's not recorded that way, you know. Yeah, and then put the one and that one song, and then it kind of it's like a, a palate cleanse, and then and then you kind of end it uh, after that. You know, it it really changes the way you look at the record. I feel like once you get to that point, definitely. Um, one of the songs on the album that really stuck out to me, and I, I I don't know if it was the name, I don't know if it was the sound of it, but it was in a very cool way. Uh, the song "Dear Percocet." Um, it's funny, man. A lot of people <laughs> point, that, point that song out. All right, it's you? well, it's the name. Uh-huh. I think is just it catches it catches the eye really quickly, and then it's just it's very it's like controlled chaos when you listen to it. I guess what were you what was that song about, and what were you going through in that moment? If you can talk right. about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, that. <laughs> That song title, that started a long time ago. <laughs> that was one of those things that I came up with and just wrote down and was like, I'm going to need this at some point. <laughs> uh, but I didn't know when or why. Uh, the song is about basically um, having an addictive personality, being an addict, and, and uh, realizing that uh, at any moment you can kind of lose sight of, of what's truly important. Um, and... Uh, and not not wanting to take that easy road or that road that you, you know, you can still taste on your lips sometimes. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and uh, and 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 it's hard, man. It's it's you know, especially like growing up that way and, and being a product of that, like you know, having parents that are addicts and and uh, just a long line, basically. Uh, I I come from, and and I know that uh, I can follow in those footsteps, and 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 it would be really fun for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then, but I. I know it's not worth it, and uh, and basically, yeah, that's the that that's the the ongoing struggle, you know, is to, to not always take that that easy road and, and and to realize that the things that you you know you're 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 taking and and it could be anything. I mean, it'd be you know drugs and alcohol. Of course, it could be fuck. It could be sex. It could be food. It could be 
anything like when you're an addict like you anything you oh, yeah. can do or take to fill like this weird hole that you have inside you yep. you do and um and sometimes you need to just kind of take that step back and realize that the important stuff that that you've been wanting or striving or craving is just right in front of you it's the the love from from your family and and, and doing the right thing you know yeah so uh yeah that that song's uh that song's about that um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the the working title was The Jig Is Up, and that came from Matt Olson. That's a good title, <laughs> yeah, too. that's a good one, too. I, know, I didn't want to let go of it, but I was like, oh, but I have this other one that's really good, too. You can save it for and the I, next record. Yeah, I felt like, I was like, oh, Maddie, this one's yours. Like, I'm going to use I'm gonna use mine. And he was cool with it. He was like, right, I'll use it. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Um, well, we're, uh, we'll wrap this up. We've just got a few more minutes left. Okay. Um, but I do, um, I thank you again. I really appreciate your oh, time. Um, what was I going to ask? What I guess we touched on this a little, just a little while ago um, when we were talking about parachutes and kind of the meaning behind it. But um, what do you hope people take away from parachutes after listening to this record? Hmm. Um, geez, that, that's a very good question, but it's also a question I probably don't really like to answer because I feel like uh, I don't like to dictate what you you take from. For sure, yeah, you know and I mean? yeah, and, and I, honestly, it took me a long time to to get it you know I felt like um, for a, for most of my life I was like no the, I didn't know that the last step of art was relinquishing control and, and, and then sending it out into the universe and infecting somebody else I thought like when I was done with it it was done and that's not true um, the truth is the, the final step and the hardest step uh, is, is kind of just saying okay here you go and kind of giving it that final push and pushing it out there into the universe and, and letting someone, anyone, hear it and, and interpret it and then go on and take that. And it, it's this ripple effect and then they create something. And that's that's why this is such a wonderful, amazing, uh, uh, I guess, you know, uh, thing to be a part of. You know, we, we, we go off and... and, and 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 that's what's what's immortal. Like you know, we're we're mortal, and, and the things that we create are immortal because they go off and and just you know live on. Um, so as far as w- what you take from from it, I you know I, I hope you love it. I hope you hate it. I hope uh, <laughs> you know, I, all of those things. I hope you're just not indifferent to it. Like that's the only thing. It needs to um, our can't 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 live on if, if people some kind of reaction. Exactly. It yeah. Has to, it has to do something. It has to uh, make you feel something. Definitely. Uh, it, well, kind of going off of something that you'd said where it, you thought it, you thought the process kind of like when you were finished with it, you were right. done. And was that ever something when you kind of realized the, oh, I'm not done with it once it's released because it's kind of the world's now. Was that something you ever realized when you were doing my chem or was that something that came after the fact? Because just because of the cultural impact that right. you guys had had at that time. Uh, I think I learned a lot, you know, through that. Um, I think also too, it was, uh, I think that's where the battle inside me started with with yeah. that that feeling because because it was so uh, it was it got so big and, and it, it did impact so many people and then you saw people take that and um, and bastardize it and and really you know uh, just do some horrible shit with it <laughs> yeah. you know I mean especially like just to sell newspapers or fucking whatever and then and then all of a sudden you turn around and there's like all these other motherfuckers like aping your shit like and doing it terrible and you're like man really like that I got real it got got hard you know it got hard to accept that um but you have have to take that that bad with with the good you know of course and um 
And I think ultimately, uh, the good out does outweigh the bad with that. And and I feel like I think also too. I really learned a lot when when doing projects like Leathermouth and 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 stuff where I was the lyricist and I, I you know I kind of uh, can claim responsibility for the things being said at all times, um, especially in in the solo project, uh, you know, and, and with the death spells and stuff like that. Um, there's um, I think that's why it was it was such a, a process for me to make parachutes because. I think this is the first time that I fully realized the responsibility behind it and uh, and wanted to be as clear and concise with what I was saying uh, as I possibly could be. And, and it took me a long time to, you know, to write and rewrite and toil over uh, everything that was being said. Definitely. Um, well, so this is the last question that I'd had, and I saved it to the end because I can't imagine how many people will ask about like my chem stuff to this day, and I didn't want it to come off as That's like, good. oh, hey, I had a question about the. I promise you, the question is not as my chem program. It's getting back together. <laughs> right. Well, actually, do people still ask that? They do. Oh my they god. Do. Um, <laughs> daily. Wow. Um, well, the question I had was about living with ghosts. Was about the reissue. Right. I asked. Um, I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Ray and having okay. him on the podcast when we were talking about Remember the Laughter. Nice. Um, and I asked him this question about, um, I guess, the impact. When you guys put up that trailer video, did you at all expect that reaction to people thinking, they're getting back together, they're doing this? Like, I, I mean, I'll, I can put it into this perspective. I saw that trailer, was like, oh, cool. Went to work, went on break two hours later, and it had two million views. Right, yeah. Like, did you guys expect that at all? Definitely not. Okay. Definitely what, what were you guys expecting with the, I guess, with that video and with that Little to nothing. <laughs> I, like, I can honestly say that it was just like, all right. And then that was the end of really? the conversation with it. Wow. Um, I don't know if it was because we were all just so busy with other things or what, but I think also to it, uh, let me take a step back. I yeah. feel like for the entirety of that band, for you know, twelve years and change, we did things like that, cinematic teasing things. Yeah. Um, and so it didn't feel out of place or weird for us to do that when we were releasing that. You know, it just felt like, oh well, this is this yeah. is what my kind does. So why that's what we would do for you know, the yeah. ghosts. And people were like, oh my god. And then we realized, it was like, well, all right, well, even if we put out a fucking t shirt, like kids can, can get back together. So, like, oh, of course, all right. Well, now, the, the detriment to that is that um, the band you know, can't do things that it used to do yeah. without people getting fucking all bent out of shape. Yeah. Like, it's not our fault. We didn't say shit. <laughs> you know I mean? like, so, that sucks. Um, and um, but I guess ultimately it falls in the, into like it's filed in the the who, whatever gives a shit. <laughs> we had this a very large envelope of who gives a shit yeah. by the way, um, that we have, and uh, that's that's deep embedded in it. <laughs> yeah, I think people almost. I think people had the hope with stuff like that because you guys you didn't end on bad terms. It wasn't right. like a bad public so there's always that little bit of hope but i was just curious how that like that reaction was because i was on my phone all day and i'm like oh my god this is insane texts and emails and phone calls from people that i hadn't heard from in years (laughs) and it was always like it was like that oh hey man how you doing (laughs) i was like oh shit oh man (laughs) so like that was kind of funny um but yeah 
at the time, same time, dude, like, I was putting out, like, two records. Yeah. Like, at that point. So, like, I don't even think I was in the country, like, when that shit happened. Yeah. And people were freaking out yeah. for no reason. For sure. Yeah. It's um, a shame, though. You don't want anybody to get upset. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was one other, like, very small thing that I just uh, remembered in terms of a question. So I read a book last year uh, called Not the Life It Seems, the book that Tom Bryant uh, oh, wrote about yeah. you guys. Uh-huh. Did you actually, when you guys played Madison Square Garden, did you yell, Rangers suck? Fuck yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> was, was there any fallout for that from people, or was that uh, just like a... I got a very dirty look. <laughs> but I think it was from G, because he told me, he was like, because I said, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna do this he was like please don't do that and i was like like we've got one more right. just hold it in yeah. just don't do it well here's the thing i felt like um i felt like i would never have that opportunity to do that again and i felt oh, like, yeah i felt it was like like stabbing the dragon from inside its belly <laughs> you know what i mean so i was like i don't know i'm just gonna do it and then i'm gonna, then I'm gonna deal with the fallout later I was I was laughing when I read that. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that's great. I think um, I did it while wearing a Knicks jersey, by the, by the way. <laughs> so that's how that works. That's awesome. Um, well, this was a great. Um, this was actually the one the 100th episode of the podcast that we did. So Happy you, 100. thank you, man. You were on. Um, I interviewed you when you played Slims uh, on the Parachutes tour. So um, I'm stoked to have you be the hundredth episode for this. So it thank is you my again. Pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank honor. you very much. Appreciate. Right it. Thank you. And-